You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Here's what happens. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, I mean, He is our first love. We seek first His righteousness, His kingdom. We, we are so in love with Him, so devoted to Him, so delighted in Him, that now our desires will be His desire. We live in a desire-driven society. Everything from entertainment to social media to advertising promises to meet your every need. As you draw closer to God and make Him your delight, He will become your desire, and He will fulfill your desire for Him. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will challenge you to make God the central desire of your heart. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 37 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. When you delight yourself in the Lord, you will delight in the desire that He gives you in your heart. He gives you the desire. It's, it's not your desire, it's His desire that He gives you, and it becomes your delight and your desire of your heart. Verse 5. Very powerful promise, really. And we see it in the Proverbs as well. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. This is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. To commit your way to the Lord carries with it the idea, and this this is what the Apostle Peter writes about, about cast all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Right? And it's this idea of you're carrying this heavy, weighty burden, and you roll it off. Oh, and you give it to Him. You cast it on Him, and He takes it from you, and you commit it to Him. You entrust it to Him, and then He will take care of it. He will bring it to pass. And and we get even more specific in verse 6. Listen to this. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Wow. That was the promise, because I knew that I was righteous before the Lord in this situation. This again was on the mainland many years ago. And I knew that I was just, and that I was righteous before the Lord, that my heart was right, my hands were clean, and my motives were pure before the Lord. And I knew that it was unjust, that which was coming against me. And the Lord gave me verse 6 as a promise. took about two years. Actually, it might have been a little bit longer than that. And the Lord brought to my remembrance, ah, the justice of my cause shone like the noonday sun. He brought forth my righteousness. I was right in this as the light. He did it. He brought it forth. I committed it to Him. I didn't try to defend myself. I knew that I was right before the Lord. I was being unjustly accused, falsely accused. 
And the Lord said, you, I'll, I'll take care of this. You just give it to me. You give it to me. I'll make the justice of your cause shine like the noonday sun. And by the way, give me time. I'm not going to do it when you, I want him to do it yesterday. He never does every, anything yesterday, does he? It's always <laughs> wait on the Lord. And we're going to be seeing that here in a moment too. So let's keep moving. Verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret. Do not get worked up. Do not get heated up. Because of him who prospers in his way. That's got to be the hardest thing, isn't it? When the wicked prosper. When, when people who do evil, not only do they get away with it, they actually prosper. And here you're doing everything right. You're, you're being honest in your finances, in your business, in your workplace. And here these guys are, are fraudulent. They're, they're doing everything dishonestly no integrity, and they're prospering. They're not only getting away with it, they're actually making money hand over fist. And your, <laughs> your money is not hand over fist, it's hand to mouth. Don't fret. <laughs> Don't get worked up about that. And here's why. Uh, don't fret because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. And, and here again, this is why, and, and fretting is not uh, what we're to do. We're to cease from it. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. I think about how we're told that the anger of man does not obtain or achieve the righteousness of God. I, I have never, and let me say it this way, I always regret my anger, and I've never seen my anger end well. It's always ended badly. And conversely, when I've, and this is an issue, I'm just being honest and transparent. Whenever I've given way to that short fuse, come on, don't look at me all spiritual. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When you just blow up, there's diff different kinds of anger. Some people stuff it, that seething anger. And then there's that explosive anger. Sometimes I have both. <laughs> I just lose it, man. And I get in the flesh, and I always regret it afterwards. And I always find myself having to ask for forgiveness. My anger never does any good. It only causes harm. It only injures it only hurts when you're in the flesh like that. Don't do it. Don't get angry. Don't fret. Paul says, uh, in your anger, sin not. There is such a thing as a righteous anger, which I always try to switch the labels on my anger. And I always take the label that says righteous anger, and I switch the unrighteous anger, <laughs> the sinful anger, and I put unrighteous anger label on it. And it's like I can hear the Lord say, nice try. Nice try. I know you want, you want to think that's righteous anger. That's not righteous anger. That's sinful anger. There, I feel better now. So, verse 9, evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. This uh, has a, 
Commentators suggest that this doesn't just mean wait patiently for the Lord. This means wait on the Lord like you would, like a waiter would serve. Serve the Lord. Wait on the Lord as a servant. Wait on the Lord as a waiter, so to speak, as a server. They shall inherit the earth. Verse 10, for yet a little while and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But, verse 11, the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him. That's, that's interesting. Can you picture this? You really think that you're going to get away with that? This wickedness? You really think that your wicked plot will prevail? You really think that plotting against the righteous is going to prevail? The Lord laughs. And, and we're told why the Lord laughs. For he sees that his day is coming. Oh. That, that gives me, that, that calms me, that settles me. Because I know that their day is coming. And I have to, I have to just wait. But their day is coming. The wicked, verse 14, have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword, verse 15, shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. That's interesting. Think about that. The wicked can have all this wealth. What shall a profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? I think about all of the stories that are told, true stories, of these rich men who died of a heart attack because of the stress. I mean, really? And, and here's the, the righteous. They have so little, but they sleep at night. Here's the, the wicked, the, the wealthy, and they don't sleep at night because they're, they're worried about it. And, and oh, by the way, they got to get up early in the morning to go to court because they are being sued for the 950th time. They're either being sued or they're suing somebody. That's how they live their life. Are you, no thank you. No thank you. I'd rather have a quarter, two quarters to rub together and have peace than have a million dollars and nothing but turmoil and conflict and chaos and lawsuits. I think about what Jesus said in Matthew 6 about those who have much worry much. The more you have, the more you worry about what you have. I remember many years ago in the car business when a buyer would uh, come and they would want a stripped down model. They didn't want all the bells and whistles because they said there was more to go wrong. The more it had, the more problems it was going to have with things breaking down. I thought, well, that's an interesting way to look at it. 
So in other words, the, you know, if you don't have power windows, you don't have to worry about the power windows breaking. You got a crank. Less is more. Is that how they say it? Well, verse 17. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord, verse 18, knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But, verse 20, the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish into smoke. They shall vanish away. What imagery? Verse 21, the wicked borrows and does not repay. But the righteous shows mercy and gives. What a contrast. For the blessed, those blessed by him, shall inherit the earth. There it is again. But those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man, verse 23, are ordered by the Lord. This, um, think of it this way. The, the, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. They're established. They're firm. They're not slippery. They're not on slippery ground. They're not on a slippery slope. The good man, the Lord establishes his steps. All of his paths, all of his ways are established and firm. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, verse 24, I love this verse, very encouraging. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast out. We do fall. We do slip and fall, if you will. But the Lord just picks us up, brushes us off, forgives us, cleanses us of all unrighteousness, and we're back on track. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Verse 25, this is David speaking. This is why we know that he wrote this later in life. And it's kind of like, you know, he's now older, wiser. He says, I have been young and now am old. And now he's going to say something. Kind of like, this is, this is wisdom from an aged man. I've been around the block a few times, you young whippersnapper, you. I want to give you some advice. Just imagine David sitting there by the fire. How am I doing with the imagery here? <laughs> I want to put you right there. I was there when I was preparing the study. I was there and there was hummus there and the olive oil. It was very delicious. Baba Hanush as well. Turkish coffee over here. Here's David. Hey, I want to tell you something. I was young once, but now I'm old and I've seen a few things. There's one thing I want to share with you. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. And isn't that something somebody younger needs to hear? I was thinking about this the other day in one of my faithless moments of fear and trepidation. It was one of these, what if, Lord, and... What about Lord, and I don't know Lord, and please Lord, and I found myself starting to get anxious. And the Lord just reminded me of this. It was almost like David was taking, putting his arm around me and just saying, come on man. You've been walking with him, you've known him for over 35 years, actually 36 years now. Has, have you ever been in want of anything? 
Has there ever been a bill you could not pay? Has there ever been anything that you needed that he did not provide? Did he ever forsake you? Have you ever been begging for bread? Has he ever let you down? Has he ever failed you? No. Here's David. How many years? We know that he was about 13 years old when Samuel came to his house, the house of Jesse, to anoint him the next king. 13 years old. He's a teenager when he slays Goliath. Listen, if there was ever a man that had a thing or two that he could speak into my life, as a man who's seen a thing or two, it would be David. Sit down, boss. What, what are you thinking, man? Listen, I, I was young once, but now I'm old. Just look at me. <laughs> you got some miles on me. Let me tell you, I've, I've seen many things in my life. There's one thing I've never seen. I, I've never seen one of God's people ever forsaken by the Lord. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be with you. Those are two very powerful words, always and never. I like them both in their proper context. Verse uh, 26. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice, verse 28, and does not forsake his saints. There it is again. They are preserved forever. But, listen to this contrast, the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. Verse 30, the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. There's that firm footing. The steps are ordered by the Lord. Verse 32, the wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I like that. It's like, it's like this. You'll see. You know how we say? Just wait. You'll see. This is, this is God through his servant David saying, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. You'll see. You'll see. Verse 35. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away. And behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. I looked all over for the guy. He used to sprawl. What's those big trees that provide the shade here in Hawaii that are like a hundred jillion years old? What are they called? Monkey pod tree. Thank you very much. I mean, these trees, how vast they are. I think it's the banyan tree, right, that has the roots that sprout from the limbs to, you know, how amazing is that? Oh my goodness. All creation screams of the Creator and praises the Creator. That was one of the most amazing things when we first moved to Hawaii. 
were those trees and how vast they were. And what David is saying is he's seen wicked and great power and their reach was vast. They cast a big shadow. He said, they were there one day and gone the next. I even looked for them. They were no more. Verse 37, mark the blameless man and observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation, again notice the contrast, the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Why? Because they trust in Him. Bottom line, do not fret. By the way, this is an easy way to remember it. Psalm 37 and switch them around, Psalm 73. Very interesting psalm. Here's the gist of it, just real quick. The psalmist is just really confused. Because he's noticing how that the wicked are prospering and he's even starting to question himself like, man, I, I am righteous. I'm walking uprightly in vain. I've cleansed my hands. I'm walking in purity for no reason because here's the wicked with impunity. They're getting away with all kinds of evil and they're even prospering at it. Same kind of tone as Psalm 37, 73, 37. And then when he gets to the end of the psalm, he says, I was going through this and struggling with this until I entered the sanctuary of the Lord and I saw there and that settled it. Okay. Just like we just read in Psalm 37, uh, their day's coming. The Lord laughs because he knows their day's coming. I know right now it seems so unfair. That's because it is. <laughs> Yeah, but we live in a fallen world, right? So here's the thing. There is a day coming, and I will set it right. And that should settle your heart. Because I'm going to have the final word on this. You know, evil and wickedness, certainly in this world in which we live, can grieve us, but it should never drive us into the bottomless pit of despair. And it's easy for a righteous man to do. Because in our righteousness, in our honesty, in our integrity, in our purity, we see this wicked world and this evil world. And it seems to be getting more wicked and more evil. And it really is grievous, especially to the sensitive heart. One in the Lord, sensitive to the Lord. Now I include myself when I say this, but... For those of us who are prone to fret and even become angry at the evil and the wickedness that's advancing in the world, this psalm, and I'll even add Psalm 73 with it, should really settle the matter. It should really settle the matter. God's got this. The poetry of the psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. 
We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe, if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.